Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to our remotely kind of Thanksgiving-ish Scissors and Scrubs <laughs> episode. We we dug deep. We dug deep in these topics. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this mine's a very important topic. It is. Yeah. And mine deals with indigenous people. Yeah. But that's about all it does. But, I mean, it b- briefly touches It's not really what many people want to hear about on Thanksgiving, but we're going to talk about yeah. Hantavirus. And choking. Yay! Our favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you have anything you want to discuss about for Thanksgiving? No, just that I love it. And it's my favorite day of the year. No, I can't wait for stuffing and pie and pie. <sighs> I just love pie. it. I just love it. I know. It's not my favorite. Oh, it's it such is a random Thursday. I don't care. It's my literally my everybody. Except there's no football this year. There's no high school know. game. I just wish, though, that we could enjoy Thanksgiving. And I how is that Home Depot because we're we're recording this early. So it's not even Halloween yet. Yeah. And the fucking Christmas trees are already up. Oh, I hate like, it. Can we just have the turkey? Yes. Black Friday, put out your Christmas shit. But right. why do you do it before? You're ruining my it, holiday. It ruins it for me. Yes. It does. It's, it's still much. fallish. I don't want to be thrown into winter like that. No. I don't like winter. It's not no. my favorite. It's my least favorite season. Yes. Mine too. So, yes. So Thanksgiving should be interesting this year. Yeah, it'll be different. I have a, a lot of half dead people coming to my house. And I don't know if anybody's going to be able to do the steps. <sighs> It's going to be interesting. That would be. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So, Hantavirus. Can't wait to hear about this. Have you heard about the Hantavirus? I have Do heard remember about it. I remember this. I remember something with mice. Yes. And okay. I remember this outbreak happening. Mm-hmm. So, I got my information from Death at the Corners from Discovery Magazine. It is very... You will make sense why it's called okay. Death at the oh, Corners. Oh, I think I know. Okay, okay. Um, It's very, very, very interesting. So, on a Friday... May 14th, mm-hmm. a 19-year-old Navajo kid is on his way to his fiance's funeral. Oh, Jesus. He's in the back of his the truck with his parents and stuff. Which we have said before, don't ride in the back of pickup. Well, he's not in the back of okay. the pickup. He's just like, right. hanging out Whew. like a king right. cab. Okay. He's in a king cab. Okay. And he starts to struggle to breathe. Okay. they He's traveling with his family, and they have to veer off the road 30 miles east of Gallup, New Mexico. Okay. Now, I used to travel nurse. And I've been to Albuquerque, New Mexico mm-hmm. and did an assignment. I've been to Gallup, New Mexico. Mm. I've been on the Navajo reservations. Barren. Yes. You leave Albuquerque, there is nothing but desert and scrub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Though, I will say, it was one of the best travel assignments I ever did. I loved being down there. It's such, when you're from the East Coast and you're dropped in the middle of yeah. <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico... You are in a culture shock. Yeah. I went to rodeos. Oh. I country danced, which was the best fun I've had in my life. No, you did. I did because it's partner dancing. And yeah. So guys will just come up and be like, you want to dance? Because they just, they literally want to dance. Yeah. And it's so much fucking fun. If you love to dance, it's so much fun. They all dance. None I of mean- that line shit. None of that line shit. I'm not doing the electric slide. We're spinning, two-stepping, three-stepping, flipping. It was so much fucking fun. <laughs> Where there I show up with my Boston accent, you know, oh, and yeah. Levi's. Where I've never seen Wranglers in my life. They're all fucking Wrangler wearers and cowboy boots and hats. And I'm like, I'm not at Riviera Beach anymore. That's no. for sure. Um, so it's a cool part of the country. Mm-hmm. The rock formations, the people. It's just, it's like nothing on the East Coast. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. It's different. I have to burp. Excuse me. <laughs> and there it is. Okay. So an ambulance is called, and the 19-year-old goes into cardiac arrest on his way to the ER. Oh, my God. And he's on his way to the Indian Medical Center in Gallup, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. He dies at the hospital in a checks, chest checks x-ray. A checks. 
also known as a chest, chest. x-ray, mm-hmm. shows his lungs are full of fluid. Oh. Everyone's shocked because other than flu-like symptoms that he had been having for a few days, he's a very healthy 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's a marathon runner. He's a cross-country track star. Wow. Um, New Mexico requires unexplained deaths to be reported to the Office of Medical Investigations in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. But because it's the Indian Medical Center, they, Indian territories, and I'm, I should say Native American, but it literally is called the Indian mm-hmm. um, Medical Center. They are sovereign nations in the United States. Mm-hmm. So they rule and govern themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't, federal law does not apply to them. So the they same. don't have to. They don't have to report it, but for some reason they do. Okay. Probably because it's like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. And all autopsies are performed in the lab of the Medical Investigation Unit of Albuquerque. So you have Dr. Richard Malone. He's mm-hmm. a 13-year veteran of, it's called the OMI, the Office of Medical Investigations. And he's assigned to the case. He's very familiar with the area and the Navajo community. Mm-hmm. He's grown up in the Four Corners area, which if you don't know what the Four Corners area is, I mm-hmm. believe it is Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. They meet I've sat with my but hands in, in different one, states. Yeah, yeah. All body parts in a different state. Um, There's a place in Malden that you can do that with Malden, Melrose, Medford, and Stoneham, I think. Oh, that's just way too cool. The Four Corners. Who doesn't want to be in Malden, Melrose, Stoneham? And, I mean, all at once. I mean, kind of the same thing. Really, I mean, I'd rather be in Chelsea. We'd be in Everett and yeah. uh, Malden all at once. Right. I mean, um, that's pretty I mean, close to the... Uh, yeah, that's so pretty I, close I mean, to I Elm had, Street. I had taken my mother out there, and she had never left Boston. And she's out there, and they have, like, random wild dogs that my mother's trying to feed. No. I'm like, Mom, that's like a dingo. He's going to eat you. Right, like, it's like you, the coyote's here. Yeah, I'm going to go near him. feed him. And she's like, I have a picture of her feeding this fucking <gasps> random dog. Yeah. And then you have a lot of Native Americans selling all kinds of yeah, pottery, they, beautiful yeah, stuff. Yeah. And there's my mother trying to, like... Haggle. Bogging them down. I'm like, Mom, we've stolen everything from right. him. Could you just pay, pay for the price? price she's asking for? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're raping them again. Like, come on. Like, give them what they fucking asked for. Yeah, no, she's going to try to get the money down. Oh, God. Okay, so Dr. Richard Malone, he's a 13 year veteran of the OMI and he's assigned the case. And I, like I said, he's familiar with the area. He immediately, immediately realizes that he had a similar case at the same hospital about a month earlier. Mm-hmm. It was a 30-year-old woman with flu-like symptoms who had been rushed to the ER, unable to breathe. Mm-hmm. She um, also died suddenly, and she, when they looked at her lungs, they were, like, sodden, quote, sodden with fluid. Ugh. They were triple the size they should be. And she is also a member of the Navajo Nation from the Four Corners area. Because both people had died in the Indian Medical Center, Malone had heard of them both. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he may not have connected it because, like I said, they were a sovereign nation, and they don't have to report it. Right. So initially, the 30-year-old woman's death is listed as respiratory distress syndrome, which when people die of pneumonia, it's, yes, you die of pneumonia, but pneumonia is not really what kills you. Something causes the pneumonia to happen. Something causes respiratory mm-hmm. distress syndrome to happen. Um, it's It doesn't tell you what the causing agent is, which can be brought on by anything like heart failure, mass infection, shock, mm-hmm. pneumonia, etc. Uh, Patricia McFeely, she's a forensic pathologist. She does the autopsy mm-hmm. on these people. And she finds that the lungs are not filled with pus, so pneumonia is ruled out. And she also finds that it's not a hemorrhagic thing. So the okay. lungs aren't filled with blue, uh, blood. Blind. They're filled with um, yellowish plasma-like fluid. Okay. So Malone and McFeely, they start pouring over lab and test results, and they have no idea what's causing this. Mm-hmm. Now Malone, like, so now they're starting an investigation. They're talking to the families. What happened? So Malone speaks to the parents of the 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. 
and they told him their son died on the way to his fiance's funeral. She had died five days prior with the exact same symptoms that he had died from. Um, Malone like was like, holy shit. And now he's hearing about this on the day of, um, she, well, you know what? He didn't hear about it because she didn't die on the reservation. Oh, she did die on the reservation. That's what it was. So he doesn't hear about this case because she dies either in home. She's on the reservation and they don't, they don't report it. He finds out 15 minutes before the funeral of the fiance. So he actually finds out on the day that the kid died and that they were on the way to the funeral. Mm -hmm. So now he's got to get an autopsy on his fiance. Mm -hmm. What's so he talks to McFeely and they both agree you have to get an autopsy on this young lady. Yeah. Um, so the Navajo community they place major importance on funeral services and in death and Mm -hmm. everything. They do a four day mourning period and the deceased you don't even mention their name. They're really? not spoken about for four days. And it's a very private, very closed in thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, the autopsy are discouraged. Um, and they don't want to talk to white people. They don't want to, They, you know, oh, well. like we're intruders. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them. Can you blame them? So Malone, he's soft spoken. He's a native of the Four Corners area. And he approaches his exp- the family and explains to them the urgency of this. We already have two cases. We need to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the families, they're also concerned. They're like, absolutely, whatever you need, we'll okay. postpone the funeral. You need to autopsy her. So they give the consent. And the bodies are brought to the lab. Um, and the state health department is brought in at this point. Mm-hmm. They also contact Bruce Tempest. He is the chief of medicine at the Indian Medical Center. And he also knew of the three cases. And he knows of another one from November. Um, that when he was called for more information on the case in Arizona, he's told... Of even another case oh that God. he had heard about. So now you're up to five people in the Four Corners area mm-hmm. that have died from some mysterious flu-like symptoms and lungs full of fluid. So he thinks this could potentially be the plague, which we talked about right. in our Columbus Day episode. Because um, the plague is still seen today mm-hmm. in the Southwest. In that area. Yes. Right. Uh, it, so it's often seen in the Southwest. And because of all the desert rodents, they see this. Mm-hmm. They... Um, they see cases of plague almost every spring and summertime because mm-hmm. of all the water and the rain. It increases. Uh, but none of the victims test positive for the pit, the plague. They also crossed off anthrax, legionnaires, and influenza. Okay. So now it's Tuesday, May 18th. New Mexico state health officials contact the CDC in Atlanta. So every time we do these diseases, I'm more impressed with the CDC. Yeah. It's fucking something. They're crazy. It's fucking mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I wanted to be a forensic pathologist, but I'm thinking a microbiologist. Like, can you imagine discovering these diseases? I know that. Wait, like, this is what it is. All the shit they must see. We might have to do a podcast just on the CDC because okay. they're, they're something. Mm-hmm. So they bring in the CDC. And a huge investigation has begun where families are interviewed, homes are visited. They're collecting as much information. They, they're talking to the doctors. who t- They're grilling the doctors who took care of these patients. They're trying to gather as much information because the mortality rate is off the charts mm-hmm. and they have no idea what's causing mm-hmm. it. So May 24th, New Mexico Health Department sends a quote-unquote Dear Doctor letter to all the doctors in the state describing the illness, its high mortality rate, and that the disease is infectious and it's probably viral. How they know it's probably viral, I don't know, but this is what they do. They yeah, get in the DNA, RNA right. of the virus, and they can tell by symptoms. It's mm-hmm. crazy. 
Over the next few weeks, a dozen more cases show up, mostly Navajos, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. The death rate remains extremely high. I think of like 10 cases, two people survive. Oh. Um, national media gets a hold of this and the story, and they invade the Navajo people, totally disregarding the privacy and mourning periods for the Navajos. Uh-huh. And it becomes known as the Navajo flu. So people who live among the Native Americans, there's a lot of racism mm-hmm. against the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I, I worked with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked down in Albuquerque. You're mixing it. It's a, it's a mix of Navajos and Mexicans and Americans. I shouldn't say Americans, um, Caucasians. Mm-hmm. And it's different. It's very different. Um, they're very, very business, very closed off mm-hmm. people. And I can understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, there's a lot of racism between all of these nationalities. So it becomes known as the Navajo flu when a lot of this latent racism is coming through. Mm-hmm. So a group of Navajo children have their trip to California canceled because of this Navajo flu. They're not allowed to go. Oh my God. Navajo people have refused services in restaurants or meals. And if they are getting serviced, only the Navajo people are having uh, their meals served with masks and gloves. Everybody else in the restaurant's fine, but they're going to serve them with masks and gloves. Oh my God. Uh, and now the Navajos are like, well, the tourists must have brought it in. Why else would we be getting this? Right. We've never had this before. So they, um, now because of all the media attention, because of all the racism, they stop at the, inve- they will not help the investigators anymore. They have shut down Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. They're not dealing with it. So they stop working with investigators because of the stigma and the intrusion into their lives. And within a month, the Anglo and Hispanic victims start showing up. So now they're mm-hmm. realizing it's not just a Navajo, Navajo disease. Yeah. By late May, relatives of the initial Navajo couple, the 19-year-old and the fiancé, they come down with the same symptoms, mm. flu-like symptoms. Mm. They live in the same house as those who died, but they survive. For some oh. reason, they survive the illness. May 22nd, a lab tech who helps on the autopsies gets sick, Ooh. but he also recovers. The medical community is now freaked out. In mm. Memorial Day weekend, a huge task force, 40 people from CDC, the Infectious Disease and Toxicology, and the doctors who treat the victims are all, um, they all get together and they're pooling all their info the whole weekend. They are brainstorming what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on here. Something bad's going on. I gotta catch my breath. Okay. <laughs> so after the meeting, uh, this Dr. Merlin goes into his lab and he starts looking at all the autopsy slides. And he determines it's an intracellular pathogen, which means the pathogen invades the cell. Mm-hmm. And... That's how it's entering the host. It actually gets into the host cell and starts wreaking havoc. He prepares slides to send to the CDC's special pathogen branch, which they describe as the Marine Corps of Infectious Disease. Yeah. So you know they're fucking badasses oh, yeah. if they're known as the Marine Corps of Infectious Diseases. So they're realizing that the lungs are suffering capillary leaks, which is a mm-hmm. leak. Um, so if it was hemorrhagic, the lungs would be filled with blood because mm-hmm. the capillaries would be leaking blood, but they're not. They're leaking plasma into the lungs. So bizarre. It's very, very bizarre. Yeah. These viruses, I'm telling you, I'm, man. It's they crazy. look so smart. It's, like, crazy. it's crazy. It's scary. It's actually very scary. I would say, we would, my friends were here the other night. We were talking, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, with, you know, COVID. And I'm like, well, it, it had to have mutated, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. It's like a different disease now. And I mean, not different, you know, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We're talking. And they're like, but how did, I'm like, I know it sounds stupid, but viruses are smart. Like, they just know, like, okay, if I do this, we'll get them this way. Like, they they know know how to survive. survive. There's a reason the plague's been around since the dawn of day. It sounds stupid, but viruses are so smart. They are. So a bacteria. (laughs) Yeah. Bacteria figure it out. 
Okay, so the fluid is filling the air sacs in the lungs and it's blocking out O2 and patiently the basically the patient's suffocating. Um, notorious viruses for this are the African Marburg, Africa's Marburg disease, Ebola, mm-hmm. Lassa virus, and the Asia hantaviruses. Mm-hmm. Okay. The problem with this is that these viruses are not in North America mm-hmm. and none of the victims have traveled out of the Four Corners area. They think it's a new virus. They test samples of RNA and DNA antibodies, and they discover it is a new form of hantavirus. Okay. So, hantaviruses are well known in Asia and Europe and are caused by rodents. Certain rodents carry certain types of hantavirus. Mm-hmm. And the virus does not hurt the rodent, but it infects humans and mm-hmm. it kills. Well, in Asia, the hantavirus is not really... It, it's... It will eventually kill them. It goes in, but they have hemorrhagic issues, and it shuts the kidneys down in the Asia virus. They've never seen this response to a hunter virus. So North American rodents carry it, but it had never been transferred to humans. And there, I forgot to write this down, but there is a um, scientist who did say, you've got to watch this because it's got the potential to spread to humans and wreak havoc. And everybody ignored him. So all known hantaviruses cause bleeding and kidney failure and not flooding on the lungs. So this is a new native hantavirus. They contact this Carl M. Johnson, who is a retired infectious disease specialist who discovered the Asian hantaviruses. Now this article goes on and on about <laughs> Carl, like on and on. And he basically in the 70s, he goes over to Korea. I mean, hantavirus, I believe is a Korean word for hantavirus or it means, I forgot what it means. I, I I literally had to skim it. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but it goes on and on about this guy single-handedly was like, this is the hantavirus. This is what it's doing. It was in Asia. He labeled it. He took care of it. Okay. So they call this guy at a retirement. He's up there kicking his heels back in gorgeous Montana. He flies down to New Mexico. Okay. He says if he had never, he has never seen anything like this. It is worse than any other hantavirus he has seen. Mm. And once it's dis- determined to be hantavirus, the CDC and everybody else realizes it's the fucking rats and the mice that are yeah. bringing this in. <laughs> so they head out and they set out traps in the Four Corners area, especially around the homes of those infected. A mm-hmm. hundred traps, 10 inside, 90 outside. Oh, my God. Over two months, 1,900 <laughs> rodents <are> dissected <laughs> with 10,000 vials of blood being collected. 19 imagine how many fucking right oh i can't Ooh, that's I can't. just what they caught like, yes oh. yep 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 so they by june 18th after weeks of work 12 of the first 42 rodents had hantavirus mm-hmm. all 12 were the same species the common deer mouse which they describe as your typical storybook mouse. Yeah. Cute with his little brown ears. No, mice are cute. I don't care what she said. I, all right. I'm, mice are cute. Why They're do I know? Disgusting. Because my cats have left me hundreds of them. They're awful cute. I don't want them in my house. I told I you don't this, want them in my food. To, I've told you the story, right? You'd move. About Mike when we lived in Malden. There was, I'm pretty sure I've told this, but whatever. There was literally, he was doing something. He's like, he comes into the room. He's like, so. I just saw a mouse. I'm like, what? He's like, I just saw a mouse. And we lived, we had a two family. We lived on the second and third mm-hmm. floors. And I'm like, where? And he's like, it was in one of the kids' like toy trucks or something. Oh. And I was like, it's going for a ride. What? And I'm pregnant with Sam. And Jack's <laughs> like one and a half. I literally go upstairs. 
I call the, we have a timeshare. I call the timeshare place. I'm like, do you have an opening like up in Maine? <clears throat> They're like, yep. I'm like, great. I'll be there tonight. I pack my bag, my Jack's bag. I'm like, you need to call an exterminator and get this shit taken care of, but I'm not coming home till it is. And I leave. Mate, I cannot. Meanwhile, I've had my cats dumped dead no. in my bed. No. In I, my bed while I was sleeping. No. I just had a shit fit. No. Oh, yeah. I, I cannot. I cannot. And he's like, Laura, the guy came and he was like, there's like no droppings, nothing. He's like, I think it was like a freak mouse. That got he came in on nothing. the car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot. I cannot no. live there. I've learned to harmonize with them because they're. No. I have a field stone foundation. They get in all the fucking time. <gasps> and some of you are like, I saw a mouse. I'm like, give it a day. The cats will leave it dead somewhere in the house. Oh. And it's in the kitchen or it'll be in the dining room. I can't. No. And I've had it with the mice. I don't have like a mouse problem. They're not eating all the food in my right. house. But in the wintertime, like it's getting cold. Don't There'll be a dead looking. mouse somewhere in my house. Hopefully not in my bed this time because my cats, <gasps> my can't. cats are killers. I can't. We moved in here yeah. and I was like. We have all these things, like, so the mice won't come. Like, I'm petrified of a mouse in my house. Never mind. 19. Look at What one. did you say? 1900? 1900. I can't. And not just rodents. Rodents. I can't. Which means mice, pack rats, rats. Like, yeah. if you've ever, my girlfriend just moved to Arizona and she's like, I have pack rats in the attic. I'm like, well, you need to move. Set the place of fire and get on a. I didn't even know that I wouldn't was live an in actual Arizona. thing. I yes. thought people just no, said, "Oh, you're no. a pack rat," and they like, literally steal shit and they make their burrows out of it. No, yeah, no. Nope. Why would I not move to Arizona? Pack rats, mm-hmm. scorpions, snakes, mm-hmm. fucking gigantic spiders, killer bees. Uh-huh. Um, where I else can I deal go? with the snakes and no. the spiders. Nope, nope. Cannot nope, deal with the rodents. I'm nope, nope, nope. None of it. None no. of it. I don't like critters. Let's just. I'm gonna all encompass. I don't like critters. <clears throat> All right, okay. no critters. Go I ahead. like furry little pets, like dogs and cats. Mm. Nothing. I don't like birds. I don't like critters. People with birds in the house disturb me. It means death. You can't it's have disturbing. You know it's that. disturbing. Freaks the shit mm-hmm. out of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the common deer mouse. Sorry, he's awful. Very cute. Not cute. Very very cute. Little storybook mouse. Little deer mouse. So thirty percent of the tested deer mice had hantavirus. And no. as soon as this is discovered, residents are advised to mouse-proof their homes. Now, if you've ever been out to the reservations, um, they just, it's not the best quality of living mm-hmm. that these people are living in. They deserve so much better than the, what mm. they have. Um, it's like, they're almost like mobile homes. And right. I mean, you can see how the mice would get in on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's a, a great housekeeper, so the mice are getting in. Mm-hmm. So they're also, you're going to love this part. No, oh, God. So if the mice are inside and you trap them, you're to douse the corpse of the mouse in bleach so that he doesn't then transmit the hunt virus. You want me to pour bleach over the dead mice? Yes. And don't pick them up with your hands. I'm not touching the mm-hmm. goddamn, I'm telling, I'm burning the house down if there's dead mice bodies yep, in yep, it. Yep. So you're going to have to pick him up with like a tong and you has to be in bleach. Bleach him out. I wouldn't be that living there. Out. I wouldn't be living there. Yep. Nope. Okay. So what happened? What happened? What happened? Robert? What happened? How did this start? Well, that year the Four Corners had an abundance of wet weather. Of course. Which created an abundance of seeds, nuts, berries, and insects. All this crew, all this created an abundance of deer mice. <laughs> So when the Navajos hear this, I did have another article. It's called The Oral Tradition of Navajo. So obviously they're very big into oral traditions. Mm-hmm. 
When they hear this, they recall that in 1918 and in 1933, they had similar outbreaks of this kind of a virus. And in those years, they also had excessive Mm -hmm. rains. So the Navajos, their traditions, like when you get into the Native American traditions, everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. They have a tradition that mice and people stay separate. They come from different worlds and never the two shall meet. They don't trust mice. I agree. This so they know. They knew back then. Preach. They don't like mice. No, they knew. So the hantavirus becomes known as HPS in the United States for hantavirus pulmonary syndrome. Okay. And by October, 60 cases of the virus were confirmed in California, Texas, Louisiana, Idaho, Nevada, the Dakotas, and Montana. Wow. Of the 40 confirmed cases, 25 of them died. So it has a huge huge mortality rate. Way more than COVID. Huge mortality rate. Currently, there is no cure for the hantavirus. Wow. Or vaccine for the hantavirus. Um, If infected people get early treatment, they do better. So what is HPS? And I think I just literally put the sheet aside that I'm supposed to read Mm -hmm. from. (laughs) I saw you put it away. Well, let's, yeah. I don't know. I was like, why why am I holding on to the sheet? Well, let me tell you why. (laughs) So hantavirus, your early symptoms are fatigue, fever, muscle aches, and large muscle groups like your thighs, your hips, and your back. You get headaches, dizziness, chills, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Mm Mm-hmm. Like everything else. Like everything else. Late symptoms are cough, shortness of breath, and it has a death mortality rate of 38%. So your risk factors for hantavirus. It's greater for people who work, live, or play in spaces where rodents live, which I don't like to do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Factors and activities that include risk are opening and cleaning long unused buildings or sheds. Mm Mm-hmm. House cleaning, particularly in attics or other low traffic areas. Another reason not to house clean. Uh, having a home or workspace infested with rodents. Another no-no. I can't. Well, I'm going to get hantavirus this summer. You watch. You might get hantavirus. Um, having a job that involves exposure to rodents, such as construction, utility work, and pest control. Thank God we don't have that job. Mm-hmm. The kind of rodents we deal with are human. Yes, I could not deal with the actual rodents. And you don't want to do a lot of camping, hiking, or hunting, because you might get Hantavirus. I don't want to do those anyways. I hear you. Okay. Prevention mm-hmm. of hantavirus. Mm-hmm. Keeping rodents out of your house. Fucking shocker. I've been preventing hantavirus since <laughs> she, she literally has all kinds of like those, little, those little things. I, that we have to unplug <laughs> them. I'll just tell you. <laughs> so you don't he literally the came and unplugged us when we started recording. <laughs> like, there's literally like you know, <clears throat> death to rodents everywhere. It's crazy. Petrified uh, of it. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, we have to vlog all the ultrasound rodent. It's, it's, I'm looking at it. It's sitting right next to our computer. Okay, so you want to block access. You want to make sure that they can't squeeze through any holes. So Ooh, my, they have like no spines. Yeah, they can squeeze through a hole as about a quarter of an inch, which is six millimeters wide. A quarter of an inch? Quarter I know of an inch. it was small. You want to seal holes with wire screening, metal flashing, or cement. Or that new product that I've been watching pitched on TV, which is some kind of like, you know, not what made me some Flexaseal. It's like the, you know, fill up your holes with Flexaseal. Oh, and the and they show this mouse and tries to go in the hole and just get, like, oh, please, it's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> They'll just find another way. Yeah, close the food buffet, Laura. Close the fucking food buffet. I do. What is a food buffet? You wash your dishes properly, clean counters and floors, and store your food, including pet food. Mm-hmm. I have my pet food in. Um, like plastic yes. containers. You can see where the mice have eaten the sides of it trying to get in. Oh my god! 
In rodent-proof containers using tight-fitting lids on garbage cans. Mm -hmm. Reduce nesting materials. Clear brush, grass, and junk away from the building's foundation. And set traps. Uh Spring-loaded traps should be set along baseboards. Exercise caution while using poison bait traps, as the poison can also harm people and pets. So I get mice in the attic all the time, and we have these bait traps that are like little circles. Once in a blue moon, you can hear them flipping the bait trap and eating it. While I'm sleeping. It's a good time. I make him line the walls in the basement <laughs> with traps because I petrified him. Yeah, like... it's a good time. It's a good time. Okay, so safe cleaning procedures for rodents uh-huh. in case anybody really needs to know this. Please. You can say you learned it on scissors and scrubs. Uh-huh. Wet down dead rodents in areas where rodents have been with alcohol, host, household disinfectants, or bleach. So if you've got a dead mouse, hit him with some bleach. Bleach kills... Everything. Everything. And then wet down wherever you think he may have been with bleach. Just this... take it. I would literally light my house on fire with yep. bleach. Yep. With bleach. Yep. Uh, this kills the virus and helps prevent infected dust from being stirred up in the air. Oh. Because hantavirus, I didn't say, it's spread through. They shed. That's another. I hate when they say Yeah, this. I hate shedding. You're shedding the virus. You shed the virus in urine and feces. I was going to say, it was in their and poop, saliva. wasn't it? Wasn't it in it's their poop? feces and saliva. Yeah. So what happens is if you have mice droppings or mice <gasps> pee in your house and you're sweeping it, it becomes aerosolized and you breathe it in. So I guess I should have mentioned that. Oh, God. Don't sweep mice poop. So Don't sweep mice poop. Basically sweep with bleach. Um, once everything is wet, use a damp towel to pick up the contaminated material, also known as the rodent carcass. Mm-mm. Then mop or sponge the area with disinfectant. Take special precautions such as wearing a respirator when cleaning buildings with heavy rodent infestations. Uh-uh. Now, I have to say, this is not just something you should do because of hantavirus. Rodents carry every kind of fucking virus in the world. Like the plague. Like the plague. Mm-hmm. Like mal- No, those mosquitoes and malaria. But like <laughs> the plague, hantavirus. It just carries... They carry everything. All kinds of shit. They're nasty, disgusting fucking creatures that mm-hmm. I... Between them and mosquitoes, I don't know why they're on Earth. I think it's... To kill us. The devil's they're, way they're of just to torturing us. us. So, that is my story on Hantavirus, which Ugh. covered the indigenous people of America, this which kind of remotely nice ties us to Thanksgiving. Yeah, nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fascinated by it. I was really excited about talking about it because I had heard about it. I remember this outbreak. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when at in your 20s, you're half listening to anything yeah. in the news because you don't give a shit. I re- not... literally remember, like, people are dying because of mouse poop. Yes. Like, that's what yes. I Yes, yes. But, and I remember being um, the Native American. Yes. So, that is the Hunter virus. That is terrible and terrifying. terrifying. And now I don't seem so crazy about mice you're all your little, house. um All your sort of <laughs> things going on. Mike is looking at me like, no, you're still crazy. I'm insane oh, about it. Oh, my God. It cracks me up. Insane about it. Well, I don't, I don't want them in my house, but that's no, why I, I have two cats. I can't live. I can't live. <laughs> I'm telling you, those fuckers, they kill everything in that house. Mm-mm. I've had, yesterday was a, a snake. Two days ago was a chipmunk. I get birds. I had a bird a couple of days ago. Max has been on a, he's been on a mission. And then I'm reading, somebody wrote, um, they want me to go to a seminar on the dangers of free range cats. They want you to go? Mm-hmm. Who, a neighbor? I, somebody else. Dangers of free range cats because they're killing all of the na- the wildlife and everything. If we didn't have cats killing mice, do you know how many fucking mice we would have? Yeah, you should drop all the dead bodies at the no shit. House. And chipmunks would eat everything you have. We'd have no food. 
Like people, this is the food chain. Yeah. Cats kill rodents. That's why they live near us. That's how it all came to happen because we didn't want them. We didn't the rodents eating all our shit. So we have cats. I can't. People are out of control these days with the shit they're worried about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. Okay. So I can't stop gagging. (laughs) For now, I'm going to talk about choking. (laughs) I can't. It's so gross. I'm like, I'm. Do you see my eyes, eyes darting around yeah, this room yeah, where I'm I'm staring from Hunter virus. Hunter virus. It's not even the Hunter virus. It's just this talking We're of We're all going to die of the plague right I'm here in Malden. I'm not going to sleep under that. I hear something to the walls. Get up. I, I told you when I was watching that Verminators and then I thought there was a mess in the bed and Brian was like, we're done. Watched. We're done. We're done here. Because I watch weird shit because it intrigues me. Um, not my Choking. When I was in EMT, hmm. we got, we would get the random choking call and I would pray the whole time over there, please let this be fixed before yes. I get there because it terrifies me. It terrifies me. It terrifies me. Like, I know I sound crazy about the mice, but choking terrifies me. And it's probably because my mother chokes on air. Mm-hmm. And my youngest son is a replica of my mother in every way and possible. Choking is hard to fix. Choking is very hard to fix. It's and if terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying when it happens in front. It's one of the scariest things. So anyways... Choking. I got this from. I can't believe I'm always. I always write this. You're stuff the one down. who's on and me. I, and I was the very good student today. Oh wait, and I, I cited all my you sources. Did. Thank you very I much. I got choking from grandparents.com, WNCN. Grandparents.com. I didn't know that was a fucking website. WNCN.com, NSC.com, .org. I'm sorry, WebMD.com, and FamilyEducation.com. Oh, you really got around. Yeah, slot. I am. Um. So choking is the stoppage of airflow into the lungs. Choking prevents breathing. In case you didn't know. I kind of Um, figured that when they all turn blue and red and then pass out. Mm -hmm. It can be partial, which allows some inadequate airflow, or complete, which leads to asphyxia, then anoxia, and then possibly death. Um, Choking is the leading cause of death in kids. One child dies every five days from choking. Really? Yes. That's pretty high. Yeah. It's a leading cause of death in people over 65 years old. I believe that. My aunt choked tonight. Yeah. We were on the way over here. And I was, my aunt's living with us and uh, I love her dearly, but she's 90 and she's living with us and she always kind of chokes. She's got like a stricture. So (laughs) we're like maybe halfway here and I get a call from my daughter and she's like, so auntie told me she has to throw up. So I went upstairs. (laughs) So she might be dead or she might be gone. And I get it. I shouldn't. I. I don't, my aunt is very independent mm-hmm. and I know this happens to her. And I was like, well, you, you can't just go up see if she's choking. You have to make sure she's all right. Like, mm-hmm. just go down and see make sure she's breathing. Mm-hmm. I know what it is and I know she's going to clear it on her own. Right. And then I talked to my aunt. She's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But my daughter will, she's clearly not going to be a nurse. No. She was getting ready to choke and throw up so I went upstairs. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> but I'm letting you know, thanks. even Where'd though you're you not here. Thank you for taking help me out here. Yeah. Yep. Um, the most at risk age group is, take a guess. 45. 55 to 74. Oh, I was only 10 years old. And that's probably because they get embarrassed. Yes. So you're out to eat. Yes. You get something stuck in your throat. You're like, oh, shit. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm in a restaurant. They get up. They go they to, the to the bathroom. And they then choke to death by themselves. By themselves. Um, a choking death occurs every two hours. Wow. Yeah. That's really high. Yes. It, choking causes over 100,000 ER visits a year. I believe that. 
More people die from choking than die in fires, carbon monoxide poisoning, drowning, or accidental shootings. Well, that's because we're all shoving food in our face all the time. Yep. Most choking deaths are caused by food. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, there's other objects people like choke Well, on. yes, like pennies yeah. and fucking yeah. watches and shit. We see it all the time. Yeah. Candy. Not watches, but watch batteries. Batteries. Um, candy and coins make up 37% of ER visits for choking for kids one to four years old. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Choking is the fourth leading cause of unintentional injury death. There, page flip. Page flip. There is, there is an uptick of choking seen around the holidays involving lots of food and alcohol, especially Thanksgiving. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. That's all this turkey bones. Mm-hmm. Choking kills 2,500 Americans a year. Oof. Maybe we should give up Thanksgiving. I know. <laughs> Conditions that increase your risk of choking are dysphagia, um, ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, asthma, cerebral palsy, Huntington disease, swallowing difficulties, stroke, brain injuries, multiple sclerosis, um, muscular dystrophy, Parkinson's, GERD, esophagitis, esophageal tumors, neurological disorders, um, living alone, indentures. (laughs) So most of those things are like muscular. I love that you said indentures. Indentures. You can't chew the shit. So um, most of those, though, are like muscular degenerative diseases that you can no longer control your muscles. Your muscles are weak or your muscles are gone or whatever. Um, Living alone, you just don't have help getting the food up. Um, The four most common choking hazards for adults are, one, putting too much food in your mouth at a time. I literally do that all the time. I'm so like... I have love, you seen me? Dude, I fucking love food. I am so advice. And if it's something I really like, I don't know if it's from having two older brothers where you wouldn't get any of it. No. But I would like, like shovel it in my face. I can't I get enough. inhale my food. We were out to brunch the, like, the other weekend. My mother, myself, my youngest, and my nephew. And we're sitting there and Sam and I both got the huevos rancheros, which were delicious <laughs> at Nobility Hill. Delish. Go get it. Um, anyways, I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. The waitress literally came right back by. And my plate was empty. And she's like, oh, can I take that? I'm like, yeah. And my mother's like, she didn't like it at all. Obviously. I'm like, I can't help it. It was so good. I just inhaled it. When I had been dating Brian, I think we ate the entire crustacean population <laughs> up and down the East Coast. We had gone to dinner. We get lobsters and steamers. My, my fucking favorite mm. meal in the world. He hadn't even touched his steamers. I was through my pint of steamers and I had already eaten my lobster. <laughs> and he was like. Baby, you can eat. I said, you know what? Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> I said, you can say anything about me, but I don't need you to tell me I can eat. Mm-hmm. You say, baby, what a great job. Yeah. Never tell me, baby, you can eat. Not words a woman needs to yeah. hear. I know I can I eat. know. So shut up. Yeah. All right. Got it. Um, <laughs> but like people put big handfuls of popcorn, nuts, <laughs> grapes. You put them all in your mouth at the same time. Like you can't Munchkins. take big handfuls. Right. <laughs> big handfuls of food in your mouth at the same time. Um, the second most common choking hazard for adults are foods with small diameters that can clog your airway. Grapes. Yes. Popcorn. A, a larger nut. Like, things that like sounds, that. That sounds dirty. Yeah, I know. Um, the third is chewy, dry, or viscous textured foods like peanut butter, bagels, dry chicken, or turkey. Hence Thanksgiving. Chicken. 
Chicken, chicken is a huge choking. Chicken, we get them all the time mm-hmm. in the operating room. Mm-hmm. People who have eaten chicken and you're there literally six hours. And you know how chicken out like half digested like, chicken. Picture when you cut open a chicken breast and it's like shredded. It shreds. It's striated. So we're it's like, striated. Just yes, out? good job. That's what I was going for. You pull it out in the little striation and striations. Like it's every striation of a chicken breast. And it's only some 80-year-old woman who's got five pounds of striated chicken in her esophagus. It takes forever. Then you pull up for six hours. It's disgusting. And it smells. It's like the throat packs. You ever do the bad taste and the throat pack comes out? I'm always like, oh, oh. Because it smells nasty. I once did a food impaction choking person. An emergency. I think we were in there for three or four hours. Usually they're relatively quick. It was three or four hours. And the person had eaten kale. Oh! When that I shit, tell you... That's green chicken is all it is. There was section... I'm gagging. There was section containers oh. just lined up of like green stomach content kale for, uh, for hours coming up. One of the I had seen was um, we were doing a thoracotomy. Mm. A guy had eaten a chicken nugget and a <laughs> nugget and a biscuit, biscuit and a nugget, <laughs> nugget, biscuit. He had eaten the chicken nugget. It stuck in his esophagus oh. and then he retched and retched till he tore a hole tore. in his esophagus. So when we went in with the, the scope, chicken nugget, isn't he, the oh. surgeon popped the nugget into the stomach and it was like green and moldy. Oh. It was disgusting. Oh. It was disgusting. And then we had to do open chest surgery to fix this guy's oh, fucking God. torn esophagus over Choking is no chicken joke. nugget. Right. No joke. No. Um, nugget. Chewy nugget okay. and, and the fourth most common choking hazard for adults is big bites of food like steak or stack sandwiches. Like, you know, you get those big, huge, like, Monte Cristo Yum. type sandwiches. Reuben. Reuben's. <laughs> Any sandwich that. my husband likes. Um, <laughs> you can't take big bites of food like that because you cannot chew it all. You should see me try to eat an Italian sub. My oh, favorite subs in the whole wide world. I'm the same way. Um, yeah. Eating too fast, not chewing thoroughly, and swallowing large pieces of food explain most choking cases. So slow it down and chew well. <laughs> the top nine choking foods are... What do you think number Chicken. one is? Turkey. Hot dogs. Oh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Hot dogs. And Hot the dogs number are the most one vile food. food in the world that tastes good. They're so good, though. They're so good with onions and mustard. Oh, oh my so God. Good. But then God even knows what's I in them. I don't know what's in them. I don't want to know. It's the number one food kids choke on. You should cut them lengthwise and then cut into small, irregular pieces. When I tell you I was... Insane about cutting the hot dogs. level hot dogs. Oh my god! It was like looked like mush by the time I was done cutting them up for them. I'm like, you are not you literally allowed to bite that. In your hot dog. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I could. They ha- cut it lengthwise, then cut it into weird little shapes because if they take a bite of that, that yeah, you don't piece want, of that completely... that circular, it will completely cut off the airway. Carrots. Oh, I don't. Eat are very high um, choking food. <laughs> I can hate carrots. Shred them or cook them until they are mushy enough. Like you know when you cook them yeah. and put butter on them, like they're mushy enough when you chew them that you could they could get by your airway. Apples. Yeah, I see that. Chop into very small pieces or again cook until mushy. Sam, my youngest son, chokes a lot. <laughs> he likes to scare me to death. He's had the he's had the Heimlich performed a couple times. Has he really? Oh yeah. Um, and when he was a baby i was home with him alone jack must have been in preschool and mike was at work and he's eating and he had um apples and now i 
chop up the apple. Because again, I'm a nutbag. My mother has choked my whole life. I am a nut with choking. The apples were cut into little teeny pieces. He sticks a piece in his mouth. And he's looking at me. And looking at me. And looking at me. And I'm like, he's choking. But he's too little to tell me he's choking. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's just looking at me. And I'm like, he's not breathing. And he's churning collar. He's churning collar. Oh like God, he's gonna get it up. Stroke. He's gonna get it up because I know that babies have like this. They have a way of getting. They up. have a mechanism to clear yeah. their airway. Sometimes. Yeah, I would stare at them until they. I'm it. looking at him. Looking. I'm like, he's gonna get it up. I'm gonna give him ten more seconds, and then I count to ten. I'm like, I'm gonna give him ten more, <laughs> and I count to <laughs> ten. But I'll just give him a few more seconds. And he finally was not getting it up. I grabbed him out of the chair and threw him upside down. The apple came out and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He wasn't allowed to have those ever again. Maybe that's why my kids eat nothing but... Gary used to choke on munchkins because he'd put eight Too much in his, in mouth. his mouth. Yeah. And yeah. I'd have to reach over and pull that sloppy oh. mass of fucking My sister, I remember... I, I can't remember if it was Brendan or Karen. One of the twins had some, like, munchkins oh, or something. Disgusting. We were on Peaks Island. So, A, you're on the island. you got to get med-flighted over right. to Portland. You're screwed. And he's choking, like... Like, nothing's coming out, and he's standing there, and she smacked her fingers in his mouth and just pulled out, I don't remember what it was, bread, whatever it was. It's- it was all, I was like, oh my god, yeah. it was disgusting. The things you do for your kids, because I, I wouldn't pull it out of my own mouth. I know. But I'm, like, reaching by while I'm driving, like, scooping out yeah. chocolate munchkin. I'm like, really? Yeah. You don't know, put one at a time? I know. You dumbass? I know. Three. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> um, Grapes. Grapes, Grapes are a big huge choking food. Always cut them in half, and if they're Quarters. seed- yeah, I, I wouldn't just Who cut them out. buy seeded grapes anymore, anyway? I have no idea. That's always just seedless. a nuisance. If they have seeds, take the seeds out. Um, But always, I always cut them in half, and then, again, I would quarter them. Um, Nuts, the shape and size make them the, very dangerous for young kids, so just avoid, like, don't give them a whole walnut or whatever. Like, it's just, why would you do that? Here's a couple of cashews, kid. Go yeah, knock <laughs> yourself up. <laughs> peanut butter. Yeah, because peanut butter is very... It's, yeah, it's like that viscous. Yeah, pasty. Um, always spread it in a thin layer and serve with a drink. Like, always make sure you have a glass of milk or something for them. Marshmallows. Marshmallows. I never It's thought. like a munchkin. I know, but I just didn't think it. Um, soft foods like these are easily lodged into small child's airway. Yeah. So I cut them up again. Get the minis. Gum and hot candy. Kids can inhale these when laughing or fooling or taking a deep breath or trying to swallow them whole. Well, uh, that's where Lifesavers came from, Laura. Yeah. Well, I got another story for you. Oh. My darling Sam. We oh, were driving. A lifesaver? Uh-huh. We were driving my... But could he breathe? Nope. Nope. It must have lodged, like, with the, like, up. You know what I mean? Like, with the hole facing the wrong way. He could not breathe. We're driving my Jesus sister. Christ, Sam. He kills me. Still to this day, I'm like, he's going to choke to death. I, so he, <clears throat> we're driving my sister and her family to the airport. And we had gone to my, Jack's school. I don't remember why I needed to drop something off or something. The secretary had lifesavers on her desk. And she said, can he have one? And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't give him those. And she's like, oh. They're lifesavers. They're they're li- it's fine. So I'm like, breathe. okay, fine. So he takes one and we're leaving the office. And I said, you're not to eat that. Like, you cannot eat that. I'll break it up for you. And he. Okay. So then we get in the car. We pick up my sister's family. We're driving her, her three kids, her husband to the airport. We get to East Boston, where the airport is. And I hear like that crinkle, crinkle of the plastic. Oh, you know what's coming. And I churn. And I'm like, did you just put that in your mouth? And he looks at me and nods his head and like, chew it. Like I'm, he's like three. 
chew it. He was the cutest three-year-old. He was the cutest little thing. I can't stand. That's why she probably gave him candy in the first place. And he looks at me. And then I hear this sound. And I was like, he just fucking choked on He's choking on that. And I turn around. He is looking at me like his eyes are bugging out of his head. And I'm like, he's choking on that. I'm like, is that in your throat? And he's just nodding. He can't talk. He can't. We are literally pulling into the parking lot at the airport. My sister's husband at the time, thank God, was sitting in the back with all the kids, like in the van. He was a firefighter, right? Yes. And he's this big, huge guy. I don't even know how he was fitting back there. Before we could even pull over when I realized he was choking, he had him out of the car seat because he's in a car seat and he's out of the car giving him the Heimlich maneuver. And I'm telling you, I couldn't even get out of the passenger seat because I'm like, he's going to die. And I, I get out, I get around the car, I walk over. I'm not even running because I'm like, I can't even look. I get around the car and he's still standing there and he's, and he, he just kept saying like, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And I know he was, he wasn't panicking on the outside, but I know on the inside he was because he just kept saying, you'll be okay. You'll like, I think he was telling himself like, you'll be okay. And he, he's giving him the Heimlich. He's pushing, he's hitting his back. He's hitting his chest. And I'm like, oh my God, it's not coming out. It's not coming out. It was not coming out. It had to be about a minute and a half or two minutes, which seemed like a lifetime, an hour. I I was like, oh my God, he's going to, he's going to become unconscious and we're going to have to do CPR. And he, uh, thank God, it finally came flying out of his mouth. And I was like, oh my God. And he was like looking at me. <laughs> I would like, have immediately driven to that secretary and I would have beaten the shit out of him. I, I, well, no, I should have just said no, but I told him, don't you dare eat that. Yeah. You know, like, but I, he did because he's Sam. He's and I was like, oh my God, we then go into the airport. I get them all to the thing. We get back. I am shaking yeah. like the whole That's time. That's scary. And my sister had called after and she goes, we were sitting there for a lot, like for a half hour waiting for the flight. And she goes and her husband had looked over and goes, he almost just died. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, no, he really almost just died. Like that was a long time, you know? And I was like, this fucking kid. So don't give him life savers. Don't give him hot candy. It's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It is the worst failing because you know what's there. You know where it is and you can't get it out. I'm telling you, professionally trained. We would go to houses. <sighs> One kid was like two years old, choking on Penny. Mm-hmm. And when you went to the home, there was change all oh. over the floor. Why would you have change on the floor when you have a two-year-old? Yeah, I could have. I probably could have bought a house with how much shit was on the floor. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong right. with you?" They could people? die. Yeah, they could die. The kid swallowed Penny. Thank God the fight department got there first, and they because I was like shaking by the time I'm like, well, "I'm never gonna be able to fix it." It's terrifying to yep. think of. Yeah, because um, you can't always fix it. No, and you're gonna watch somebody die in front yeah. of you. And you know, that's the thing—you're trying your hardest, and you sometimes yep. cannot get it out. Um, anyways, gum and hot candy. Do not give it to children, <laughs> even lifesavers, even um, though they call lifesavers. Right. They're Obviously, it is not saving anybody's life. Um, popcorn—the size and shape make it easy to choke on. Um. So more frequent than choking, choking, like obstructing your airway is when food can becomes impacted in your esophagus. Like that's what oh, we're talking about I when know. people come in and we take the chicken out and the kale and blah, all that stuff out. Um, it is not technically choking since you can breathe. It is very uncomfortable, though. If you can, if you can try and drink something to try to move it down. Because, but- I mean, for those who don't know, your esophagus and your trachea, clearly different tube so right. even though your esophagus may be jammed full of food your trachea should be wide open you can still breathe but you right. cannot swallow so then right. the problem so is terrifying a it's scary as hell it hurts like yes. have you ever had something it kills and then saliva is pouring out of your mouth because it has you no can't to go. swallow your saliva right. then you end up choking on your saliva right. it's a terrible right terrible situation 
Um, so if you can try, if you can try and drink something to move it down, if you can't move it down or are unable to swallow the drink or are drooling because you can't even swallow your saliva, you need to go to the emergency room. Usually the drooling is how some parents realize the kids are even choking on something because all of a sudden they're like, my kid's drooling all the time and there'll be a watch battery in there or a quarter. Because you don't see them do it because it's so fast. Right. Because kids are sneaky. Right. Um, But even as an adult, like if you are drooling, you can't swallow a drink, you need to get to the ER. Um, They can give you glucagon, which can relax the esophagus and it allows the food to pass. Which they also use in lab colis all the time. Yes. (laughs) Or glucagon. Glucagon can make you vomit. So you could vomit the food up. But either way, it will move the food. Um, If it is still stuck after the glucagon, you're buying yourself an endoscopy. So that's when you're coming to us and we're yeah. pulling the chicken out for six hours by striation. Nasty kale. Oh God. Who eats um, kale anyway? It's just not that good. I mean, if it's I've tried salad, it in the chips. No, it's, it's like it's like chewing. I don't know, like a rawhide, like those no, those little chewies the dogs used to get. I, guess. I hate it. I mean, it, if it has enough dressing on it. It's no, fine. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Okay. I've well, tried. I've tried chips. I've tried salad. I can't. I can't do it. I've even I tried kale and sausage soup. Can't do it. Well, I don't mind it in the soup. I just don't or like salad. kale and eggs. I do not like it, Sam. I am. God. Um, so, if someone or yourself are choking, time is of the essence. Boom, boom, boom. With no oxygen for zero to four minutes, brain damage is unlikely but can occur. So that's that's Sam. I think it's highly likely. <laughs> He's had, no, no, zero to four. It's unlikely. It can happen, but right. it's unlikely. So, luckily, Sam snuck by with yeah, brain damage. Yeah, he was under two minutes. Yeah. Four to six minutes, brain damage is possible. Six to ten minutes, it's likely. Mm-hmm. In ten plus, it's pr- your probable Perfect. brain death. Yeah. You need to get your airway cleared. Um, so, what do you do? If someone is choking, but um, forcibly coughing, encourage them to continue coughing. If they're choking, you know, like I've done it a million times. If they're got coughing, chips, so- air is coming out. Right. If you're coughing, just say cough, keep coughing, like hit them on the, like get them to keep right. coughing because hopefully it's enough to clear it. Right. Um, if someone can't speak, cough or breathe, ask them if they're choking. This is what they tell you like CPR and all these classes like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Right. Are you choking? Um, if they nod the head yes like sam could tell me yes it's stuck like with his head if they do the universal sign of choking which is when you put your hands both across hands across your throat. your throat always do that if you're choking put your two hands across someone in the hide in the bathroom no. where you'll die alone someone someone in wherever you are is going to know what that sign right. means then they're, they're going to know you're choking um so if someone's if you know someone's choking and they've said yes they're choking immediately start abdominal thrusts or the Heimlich. Mm-hmm. It used to be called the Heimlich Maneuver. Now it's called Abdominal Thrust. Really? They yeah. changed it? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's still called the Heimlich. Heim- Everybody knows it. Yeah. Um, so you stand behind the person and then put one of your legs between both of their legs. And I'll tell you why, why in a minute. Um, it's for support. So then um, if they're a child, get down to their level. So kneel behind them. Otherwise, put your arms around the abdomen and find their belly button. Put your fist Thumb side against the abdomen, just right above the belly button, and then put your other hand over your fist. Mm-hmm. And then just thrust upward and inward with quick thrusts. With all of your might. Yep. Like, push. Because what you're trying to do is you're pushing the diaphragm to ex- make Expel. the lungs push the air out. Yeah. 
and it'll help to expel whatever's in the esophagus or right. the trachea. Right. If the person is pregnant or their abdomen's just too big to get your arms around, um, put your hands on their chest and give you chest thrusts. It's going to do the same thing. You just want to get air up to force Obviously. that out. Um, keep doing the Heimlich until the object is expelled or the person becomes unresponsive, which was, I, sh- I was sure that's what was happening with Sam. Um, if they become unresponsive, that's what your leg is there for. You're going to guide their body down to the right. ground so they don't just crash onto you or the ground. Um, and then you're going to begin CPR. See, now that's when I thought abdominal thrust came in because you were supposed to straddle them and keep pushing. No, no. You, if they become unresponsive, you have to start CPR because okay. their heart has now stopped. Stopped. Because um, they haven't been breathing for that long. Um, so, okay, so you lay them down. You get them on their back. Quickly, because time is of the f- essence here, look in their mouth. If you can see something. You can pull that out. You can pull it out. see it. Do not. We used to be taught years ago, do a blind finger sweep. You never do a blind finger sweep because you could just lodge it in more. Right. If you can see it, pull it out. If not, just start CPR. Um, tilt their head and lift their chin to open the airway. Um, give two rescue breaths. And then you compress their chest about two inches deep um, 30 times at a rate of 100 Beats per minute. You start singing, staying alive, staying alive. Yep. If you ever watch The Office, you'll know. Sing, yep. staying alive. Um, you count out loud. Always count out loud. You got to do 30, One, two, yep. 30. You got to count to 30. Then you continue with two breaths, 30 compressions yep. until help arrives. Scream like hell if you're alone. Get somebody there. Get somebody to call the ambulance. Get an AED. Get help. You right. need help because you are going to tire out after two minutes. So you Easy. need and somebody else. And if you've else. ever had to do CPR. You do tire right. If you're doing it right, you're exhausted. I've woken up the next morning with abs. Oh, yeah. Killing me. My back, my shoulders. Everything hurt from having to do it. Yep. If an infant or a very small child is choking, use gravity. Mm -hmm. Support the baby's head. Always. You always have to support a baby's head. Um, So you... Put them down, like put their head down because you want gravity to help so you're expel gonna put, that food. Like, their face is almost in your hand. On your and hand. Their chest is resting on, on your, your arm. forearm. If you their... can sit down, use your leg, right. put your to arm right them. on your leg. And then you're going to give um, five back slaps right between the shoulder blades. Right between the screws. <laughs> yep. And then you're going to put your hand, that hand that just did the and back slaps on the back of their head, flip them over to your other forearm. And then you're going to give five chest thrusts. Um, with your two fingers on your other hand. Our our descriptions are probably not great. It, it would behoove anybody to go ahead and Please. look online and yes. see how to do this because you never know where you're going to be. You're going to be at a help. family function mm-hmm. at the movies, mm-hmm. wherever that you're going to have to do this. Yep. My husband was at work. Somebody choked in the lunchroom, gave the Heimlich, saved the woman's life. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't know when it's going to happen. Always it t- happen. take a CPR course. They're free. Yep. Or some of them cost a little money. It's worth it. Like it is. just. Go to your local YMC. Go somewhere. Your town hall. Because so many people freeze in these yes, situations. They don't. And you could save a life. Yep. Um, so when you're doing the five back thrusts, you just use the palm of your hands right between the shoulder blades. Keep their head down and then flip them over. Still keep their head down and put your two fingers right on the breastbone just below the nipple line and give five chest thrusts. Um, and then you you're just going to... visuals Laura's doing. It's I know. Funny. I'm, do- I'm doing it in <laughs> my, my hand. She just did five chest thrusts yeah. in her palm. <laughs> uh, if you can hear me, I'm doing back thrusts. Um, between those screws. Um, and just keep doing it until it Clear. comes out or they become unresponsive. Or and then you shows need to- up and somebody else takes yeah, over. Yeah, God willing. 
And then you're going to start CPR if they become unresponsive as well. Um, if someone is choking, always call 911 right away. You First, need hands. You want people there. You need hands on. Like yep. you have to have people there. Um, if you're alone and start choking, um, make a scene to try, try, try to draw attention. I always tell my kids, like, if you're home alone, A, don't eat. I tell them that, right. but I know they're going to eat because they sneak food constantly. I tell them, run out, run into the street. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You need to get help. You can't stay in this house by yourself. I've heard of people using the back of chairs. Well, so I'm going to get into that, yeah. but always try to get attention because, again, if, if you find someone choking, you need help. Right. If you're by yourself, you still need help. Like, right. you always need help. So try to get someone's attention. Um, make a fist. Place it above your belly button. Grab your other fist with your other hand and press quickly inward and upward. So give yourself the Heimlich. Mm-hmm. Do it hard. Like, you can't. Like, it has to hurt. You right. have to get it up. Um, you can You can lean against a table, a chair, a railing, and thrust your upper abdomen against the edge. Um, I've heard of a friend who she was choking on a pill, and that's what she did. Yeah, someone in my, so I teach CPR, and someone in one of the classes was saying, um, I forget, her brother or somebody was choking on something. You know, he was eating something in the kitchen. He was home. He was choking on something. He took the fridge door and just kept ramming it into his upper abdomen, and it came out. The fridge door? Yes, you know, like the corner of the fridge door. Never he thought just of that. kept Never swinging it into that. his abdomen. Yep. But you, and you can also do that, like, hard enough. Yep. You know, like, you yep. can swing it into yourself hard enough. But again, if that's if you're doing that and it's not coming up and it's not coming, you can't wait too long. No, you because you're to gonna get, pass yeah, out. You're gonna pass out and then you. You have to get outside or you have to get somebody's attention. Yeah, somebody's gonna come home and find you dead yeah. if they don't do it soon. Um. So prevention of choking is cut food into small pieces, sit calmly while eating. Now this is something I don't do because I stand up. I'm I'm washing the dishes. I'm eating. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm eating over the sink half the time. Get your homework done. Get that, 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 that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I never sit down. I don't know how I haven't choked to death yet. My husband, like he's pointing to himself, literally, he'll be doing something. Then he comes in. He's like, I have to eat. And I'm like, okay. He makes himself lunch. He sits Puts down at the, the table. the china water. And I'm like, comes out. can you not eat and do something at the same time? Why do you have to sit and eat? But apparently oh, you got to have the crystal and the oh, silver. He sits down. Napkin in the shirt. Meal. Yeah. Um, have plenty of <laughs> fluids while you're eating. So if so something feels like mm, that didn't go down right, get a drink, well, start drinking. You know you're going to have dry food, rice, yes. turkey, yeah. chicken, stuffing. Right. You want to, you want to make sure. Right. And chew carefully and slowly. Also something I do not well, do. I'm talking half the time I'm right. doing, you know. Don't talk while you eat. <laughs> I do it all the time. My mother chokes literally on water. My mother chokes constantly, constantly chokes. But then she'll sit there and eat and talk to you. I'm like, stop talking to me while you're eating because you're just choking. Too slowly. Shut it in bits. Stop talking. God love her. My uncle once, it was a holiday party. So it wasn't, it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but we were at my mother's and she had like a, she always had a spiral ham and like a turkey breast. God, I love spiral ham. And he has like an atypical Parkinson's disease. So he has trouble with his muscles in control. Anyways, he's sitting there eating next to me. And he's like 6'2", 6'3". He's a big dude and just big. <clears throat> and he's eating. And he lived with us for a long, you know, for a while. So I knew his eating habits and I hear him eat and then I hear nothing. And I look at him and he's just sitting there staring at the plate. And I said, are you choking? And he looks at me and does it. And I'm like, he's choking. I'm like, stand up. 
and he does stand up, but it, he yeah, has this atypical pocket, so it's not very quick. Right. He does stand up, and I go to give him, I'm 5'5", five five and I'm not huge, so I'm behind him. I can't even get my arms around, like, his chest, because it's way up by right. my face, and and luckily my brother-in-law was there, and I was like, I need you need to come here and do the heim. I mean, I could do a little, but I Poor couldn't guy. do it He's enough. He's never coming to another fucking function at your house. And he's, I, I'm like, get over here. He needs the heim. Like, you know, so he's doing it because he's really tall and big. So he did it and got the food up. But I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what it is with my family and choking. I am I'll, petrified. I swear to God, Laura. I mean, <laughs> you just try to friggin' serve them oatmeal. Let me it's feel. awful. It's a fr- Every time you eat anything, you're praying to God no one chokes. Oh, my it's God. terrible over here. Anyways. Family trait. Apparently. So I did find a story about a woman saving a baby. From choking on Thanksgiving. Oh, something to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. So this happened in North Carolina. Well, you know they have like sweet potatoes with marshmallow on top Whee! and that green bean casserole. Mm-hmm. This um Hannah Jarvis and her seven-month-old daughter Callie were celebrating Thanksgiving at the Golden Corral restaurant. <laughs> She's seven months old. What is she mm-hmm. gonna fucking eat? Um, the baby was eating mashed potatoes. It's also that like thick, yes, like you eat too yeah. much, you can't swallow it down, you choke on it. So she starts choking on these mashed potatoes. Uh, another woman, Deborah Rouse, was there, just happened to be in the restaurant eating her dinner Golden as Crow. well. It's a big place to go on Thanksgiving. Yeah, apparently. She notices that this baby is choking. She gets up, she starts the Heimlich, she gives back blows on the baby, baby starts breathing again, mashed potatoes come out, everything's fine. Everybody's mashed potatoes would be hard to clear. I know, but she... Gave enough back blows that those suckers came out. Um, And she said, I'll never forget the many tears that were shed today in a golden corral as this angel stepped in. Javis wrote on her Facebook Mm -hmm. page about Rouse. Um, She was, the little girl was later treated at the emergency room and she was fine. The the woman and the mother connected on Facebook. They shared pictures of them. They took pictures together. They all met up like the next day and um. The mother wrote, I'm so thankful for God. No, no. The woman who saved her wrote, I'm so thankful for, to God for having me in the right place at the right time. God, you are worthy, is what Rose wrote <laughs> on her photo. And there's a picture of the woman and the baby. Aww, we'll post it, but she saved her life. We'll put Just, that picture up on Facebook. And she obviously had training in um, I'm telling you, choking it is and, worth it. Just do you it. Never know, you never know what you have to tell somebody. all the time. You never mm-hmm. know when that's going to come in mm-hmm. handy. It's, and it's... Even knowing what to do, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. So I'm telling you, learn I used what to, to do. Hate those calls. Mm-hmm. I would show up to anything, but they'd be like, "We have a choking," Ugh. and I would be shitting myself yeah. the whole way there. And thank God, I mean, I maybe had four or five in the two years I was in EMT, and the fire department. God bless you guys. Mm-hmm. You always were there first, mm-hmm. and got it taken care of before we ever showed up. Yep, because it was. It's so terrifying. It's terrifying mm-hmm. because if you don't fix it, they die. Yeah, that's like it's you just they're gonna die. Yeah, I mean cardiac arrest, they're already dead. You try. Yeah, it's already stopped. But choking, you're watching. They're a- alert and aware. They're, yeah, you're watching them die in front of you. Yeah, it's awful. And they know it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's choking it's is terrifying. terrifying to me. It is terrifying. Yep. So please go learn CPR. Please go learn the highlight. Take it with you to your Thanksgiving celebrations. Yeah. Go take a course. Yep. Look online. There's tons of hot saver yep. courses and all that. It's, please it's, learn it. And it's quite a feeling when you could save somebody's yes. life. Yes. Over something silly. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Too carefully. Thanksgiving on that. Have a drink available. Don't get any rodent hunter viruses. And make sure you're not choking on the bones of those rodents. Yes, they're not. 
So again, we love your stories. I yes. love my emails. They you don't even know the joy they bring to mm-hmm. me when I read them. Uh, so can it keep them coming? We've had quite a few coming in, and mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, and we're getting ready for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Write them in. See what you got. Give yeah. us some ideas. Yeah. Um, we got some fun stuff planned for Christmas. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think we get some fun stuff. Yeah. It won't be the ten top. No, the toys. Crazy toys. That's no, no. one of my favorite episodes. That was fun. I love the toy yeah. episode. <laughs> it made me laugh. That was fun. Um. So, yeah, and definitely, you know, put a little um reviews for us on your, wherever you listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. Give us a little rate and review. And we will check you out in December. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.